We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, here we go. 11 o'clock hour. Thanks today, Taylor, from The Athletic for joining us in studio. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Get to the trash of the day, or actually the notes. Nick is upset that we moved his notes, and so he's taken my trash of the day away. Well, we knew we were going to have Nate Taylor in at an odd time, so I had set aside notes for the end of the 11 o'clock. No, guys, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. You took the trash away. No. I don't do notes unless they're at 1050. I have been very stern about that. I I have not wavered on that stance. Notes are in 10 minutes. I, last night, was very... Cautious of knowing that Nate mm-hmm. was going to be into your notes time, and I didn't want to exclude you, so I put mm-hmm. notes at the end of the eleven. Mm-hmm. No, I told Alex no trash of the day today. Notes from Nick. Okay, so oh, so you're in charge. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> Let me get this straight. So you call the shots now. You tell Alex and I what That's to do. That's not what I meant, and you know it. Alex also would like some notes. I would like some trash. So we're. <laughs> it seems like we're at an impasse. So we'll get to Nick's notes in ten minutes. <laughs> now happening. he's in charge. That's happening, and and. Uh, 10 minutes. Also, during Nick's notes, uh, at the very end of it, we'll give you a chance to win that playoff pack, courtesy of our friends over at Rally House. Chiefs hat, koozie flag, two cups. Get you set for the postseason. That's coming up. You have two chances today, but first chance coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes. There is one strong trend and strong stat that makes you kind of step back a little bit, maybe, when it comes to Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday afternoon. There is no team in the NFL right now, especially because of Doug Peterson, that is better at competing when an underdog than Doug Peterson. And honestly, you look, go back through his entire playoff career in Philadelphia and now this first game with Jacksonville, and you see why. Like Kansas City, they, they're going to be favored in their fourth because they're not going to no amount of. I don't even think the starting quarterback going down could make them not the favorite in this game. But they're going to be favored in their 14th straight playoff game. It's the longest streak in the Super Bowl era. But Jacksonville, this season, is 8-5 and five outright. So they win more games than they lose as an underdog this year. Doug Peterson is 5-1 outright in the playoffs and 6-0 and oh against the spread in the playoffs. Doug Peterson, very simply, has been an underdog six times in the playoffs and has won five of those six. It doesn't scare him. There's something to that in my mind where that might be the single most terrifying thing about what Jacksonville does is they don't seem to care or Doug Peterson led teams don't seem to care that they're the underdog. It doesn't seem like it's ever mattered to them and he can outcoach himself or outcoach others in that situation. The one thing that gives me pause at least is probably a lot of those times Doug Peterson was the better coach in this matchup. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, certainly the coaching discrepancy last Saturday was a big contributing factor oh, to why the Chargers lost to Jacksonville, whether it was the fourth down call, but also just 
the Chargers, and we've talked about Brandon Staley as a head coach and, and the issues that pr- exist there in terms of uh, managing the roster, managing time, willing to run. All, all of that was a huge leg up. We knew that going into that game on Saturday. And then it showed itself. And it absolutely did. Of course, that won't be the case on on Saturday. I also think just you said it. The Chiefs 14, favored 14 straight playoff games. They potentially are a win away. Not potentially. They are a win away from going to their fifth straight AFC title game. I mean, we'll talk about an experienced team that's been in these spots. And let's be honest, uh, doesn't mean the Jags can't win, but this is by far not the most talented team and best quarterback the Chiefs have played during their playoff runs. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know, if you, he's a very good young quarterback. He, he is. And there, as I mentioned with Nate, like I do think there's something to be said for a team that has nothing to lose. That's playing with no pressure. It's all on Kansas City's expected to win all of that. Even if the experience is there for the Chiefs, like that's something the Jags, I think one of the only things, honestly, guys, the Jags have advantage over Kansas City is just the pure, hey, we're confident. We just won after being down 27 nothing. So you go up on us 10 nothing. Yeah, you're better we than Chargers, but we're, we're certainly not thinking this thing's over. So that that's the advantage that the Jags have. Yeah, they've been down and out plenty of time. And I think that's what it is. The entire theme of their season has been we've been down and we've had to make a comeback. The, the Cowboys, not they just, did it against the Cowboys in overtime. The whole in the damn year. season. They were three and seven and had to win out pretty much. They won all but one game and had to win their final game a game that they were struggling against Tennessee. Like that's their whole vibe. The thing is about this though, is I could throw that same stat in favor of Kansas city of those 14 playoff games. Count them up. How many have they lost? They've been favored in 14 straight. They lost last year to Cincinnati when they were favored. They lost a year before in the super bowl when they were favored against Tampa Bay. They won all the ones the year before that. So it's like they've lost maximum. Cause I think the 14 would cover the playoffs before that, that they fell short in the AFC title game. They would have lost three. Of those 14 games in which they've been favored. That's it. So, I mean, they win a huge percentage of these games that they are a playoff favorite because they win a huge percentage of their playoff games. This game a little bit starts to feel like the way we talked about the Bucks and Cowboys. If I try to give you a really good football reason for why the Jags are going to be the Chiefs, I have a hard time coming up with enough answers for you, right? Like, absent just being like, well, they'll make a bunch of mistakes. That's the only football reason. The Chiefs have made mistakes all season. Mm-hmm. They'll make mistakes in this game. That'll keep Jacksonville in the game. That's the only really good football reason outside of Doug Peterson's coaching ability as an underdog in the postseason. Because this stat, the 5-1 and one outright as an underdog in the postseason, that scares me. I think it should scare you because I don't think that that's a small enough sample size for the playoffs. Six games is enough for me to have an opinion on it, especially if your record's 5-1. and one. You're not going to get the the advantage of Doug Peterson probably making a, a a dumb decision that you maybe would have had over Brandon Staley. Even though I, you know, I've been asked over and over this week, uh, people asking like, did the Chiefs prefer or fans wise, do they prefer the Jags or the Chargers? Jags. Obviously, Chiefs fans on Saturday before the game started preferred Jacksonville, and I still think you should be happy that you're hosting the Jags instead of hosting the L.A. Chargers, and that is understanding the coaching discrepancy that would have existed. I mean, it's just it's it is still a very young Jags team that's not all that experienced. And, you know, eight and a half points as far as like, if you want to talk about, can they can they cover all that? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. Like, I, I do think there's a chance the Jags cover the eight and a half, right? It's tough to win by nine or ten points in the postseason. It's very challenging to yeah, do so. Yeah, it's a big number. Yeah, like it, it, it just is. And when you have a quarterback that uh, is capable of doing what Trevor Lawrence did in the second half, like, even if the Chiefs are up big, you, you can see a scenario where somehow they come and, and make it, quote-unquote, interesting enough to cover on uh, the, the back end of that football game. But yeah, you mentioned the aggressive nature for Doug Peterson. That That is why Kansas City also foot has to continue to be firmly on the gas. I do. 
you know, because of the way the postseason's gone and those comebacks between Jacksonville and many others, boy, Andy better make sure that leads aren't, you know, leads aren't safe. So he better find a way to continue to press the issue. I, I know that I know Andy, Andy has a tendency, and that tendency is if he gets up a couple of scores, a couple of touchdowns, Andy likes to try to grind one out, just try to finish a win in the ugliest, doesn't matter, I don't care way imaginable. Andy understands that 90% of the time, 95% of the time, he can get himself a win that way. But he's getting up to touchdowns and then just screeching everything to a halt so that the other team can't score, you can't score, and he'll just win a game. But this postseason against these teams, I would not play that game. I would be running it up. I would be attempt, and I know that like somebody would be like, you don't think he's not trying to score in every drive? I'm like, I don't know, man. Sometimes the way he calls, it doesn't seem like it. I know that, or he's yeah, but that is, that also doesn't mean that you can't. That doesn't mean not to run the ball though, too. You know what I mean? Like you no, can, you can, you yeah, can I don't a, mean just like oh, <laughs> Mahomes better throw it 50 times even if they're up 14. No, they've actually there's times when they probably could run the ball to try to run the score. But one of the many issues, even going back to last year in the AFC title game. It felt like that they they could have got away with running the ball a little more. I mean, it was one of the criticisms we just had of the Chargers on Saturday night. They ran the ball, what was it, five times in the second half, three times in the second half? Yeah. And they, and they were, were up 27, as a like, reminder, at one point. Why do you try to run the ball more? I mean, there, so there's you can still have your foot on the gas, but incorporate the run game. It's not as if. To me, yeah, no, I was going to say that I don't feel like Andy runs into that as much as he runs into, he stops getting creative. It's when he goes to the base offense, right? Uh, here's our normal plays. I don't think, I think he stops with the. Here's Andy getting creative in a fun way that seemingly confuses the defense. I feel like he just goes to base offense. The way we talk about like when a backup quarterback comes in, they're like, just run the normal offense now. That's fine. That's good enough. I feel like that must be what happens. It's too consistent to say that it doesn't happen. I know that. So it's like to, to, to pinpoint the issue is just like, please don't do that. Don't rein it in. Be the full complement of yourself. It's the postseason. You can show everything for these next three weeks. Any idea, though, that like, oh, you know, in the regular season that they maybe get bored at times or things like that. Luckily, in the postseason, you're not concerned about that because that, that's always been that's been brought up before where, you yep. know, and, you know, maybe that's why Andy does the ring around the rosy play as well. It just keeps guys like into, into it and loose. And the postseason, like everybody knows what's at stake. You're two wins away from going to a Super Bowl. And as we know, this roster's turned over enough that there's only a handful of guys that have tasted that before. You know what I mean? There's there's been a How lot many of guys are left on the Super Bowl team, like three or four. From the winning team? From the winning team. From the winning team, yes. Yeah, Winchester, Kelsey, Mahomes? and Mahomes, and, and Chris. And Chris Jones. And Frank Clark. And Frank Clark. Okay, so we're up to five. I think, and Bucker. Six. Still, the point being, the roster's, the 50-man, 53-man roster. The roster's turned <laughs> so over. Six is a pretty low number. Yeah. Point being is, like, I, I don't think you have to worry about, like, oh, they're just, you know, being bored in week 15 of the season, and, okay, let's just get to the, and we talked about that even after they won it, uh, where the, the Chiefs, you know, everybody was talking about the Super Bowl hangover, and Kelsey even admitted that year after the Super Bowl that like it was yeah, tough because it, you you know like the playoffs is what you're you're built for what you're trying to accomplish is playoffs and winning a championship. Well, you're in the playoffs now again, and I think that's something that you don't have to worry about in the back of your mind anymore about uh, in terms of the play call. I would love for that to be a problem again next regular season. Uh, Being yeah. bored because they won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. seems like a good good kind of problem to have. I agree. Nick's notable notes. And at the end of Nick's I thought for notes, a second he way, was going to play trash of the day and just force you to uh, say something. Well, I thought he was going to do that or play whopper, whopper, whopper. Um, but I, I also just want to remind you at the end of Nick's notable notes, your chance to win that playoff price pack from Rally House. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more with everything that uh, Gold's laying down for you right now. All right, guys. The postseason officially begins for the Chiefs. 
this weekend. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Show me your what's your show me your game face. What's your playoff? I don't know what that means? I don't, we don't have the video stream. I don't up, have a game so face. We don't have to do that. Do you guys know that Patrick Mahomes has had quite a fruitful postseason career? I am familiar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So right now, three thousand. 381 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes in 11 career playoff games. That ranks 16th all-time NFL history in postseason passing yards. 371 yards away from Donovan McNabb, 405 away from Russell Wilson. If he throws for 571 yards this postseason, which seems likely, you beat the Jags, you're averaging about 300 per game career in Play your two postseason. games and you're pretty much there yeah two games and you're pretty much yeah. there three games would be a certainty you would move up to 10th all-time passing McNabb Wilson Terry Bradshaw Troy Aikman Jim Kelly and oh Kurt God. Warner so in and Warner's defense, he didn't really start till he was like 30. So Yeah, he even, I think Kurt Warner tweeted about it last night. He's like, I didn't play my first postseason game until I was 28. <laughs> so give me a break here. Uh, also, currently has 28 career postseason touchdowns, which again, this is absurd when you think about the fact that he's entering his fifth postseason as the starter. That's 11th all time. That's two away from Terry Bradshaw, three away from Kurt Warner, four away from Dan Marino. This one kind of, these two kind of blew my mind. He is eight touchdowns, eight career postseason touchdowns behind Ben Roethlisberger and nine behind Drew Brees. If he went on a run this postseason, he could hypothetically pass Drew Brees? Yeah, that would would put him, by the way, that would put him sixth all time and three touchdowns behind Peyton Manning. You know, perhaps (laughs) the most prolific passing quarterback of all, like in terms of just like the raw passing numbers, numbers. He's got the single season numbers. He's got the, the the career yardage. Like Tom Brady will always be on a level by himself. He has 88. Second place has 45, which is Joe Montana. So that's a ridiculous he's got a ways spread. to go. But to think that Patrick Mahomes is 17 postseason touchdowns away from being second all time, which like that I could mean, be it's, it's two, three years from now. Years old. Three years from now. By the time he's 30, Patrick Mahomes could be second all time, assuming that he makes. And if he plays till Tom Brady's age, he'd have 15 years to get those other 40. Look, let's just be honest. He's he's going to pass all those guys in that particular stat you're bringing Except up. Except for we're not sure about Brady yet. That's it. But everybody else, he's passing. Yeah, and I think you could what you just said there about uh, Brady, you could kind of say that about anybody as well, right? Like whoever comes up. We always thought that Matthew Stafford was going to. It's se- the Jerry Rice receiving stats thing. It's like, hey, you're battling for second place, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with being second. You're not being disrespected because you're second. Travis Kelsey, as we know, also very prolific career. Uh, 1,291 career postseason receiving yards. That's fifth all-time. One spot behind a guy who, uh, a friend of the program, oh, Michael Irvin. Oh, Michael Irvin going to be on the show tomorrow. Whoa. Close, yeah. close personal friend with the show. Yeah. He's coming on tomorrow. He so, heard you say that stat, and he said, I'm in. He's only uh, he only needs 24 receiving yards to pass Michael Irvin to move into fourth all time. And then again, you would be about 70 yards behind third all time, who is Rob Gronkowski. So by the end of this postseason, we're going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes being a top 10 passer in playoff history and Travis Kelsey being a top three receiver in playoff history. And these aren't guys like I know Kelsey's getting up there in age. But again, these aren't guys who have 
25, 30 games under their belt, like some of the like Jerry Rice, like Julian Edelman. Patrick Mahomes has been in the postseason for five years. He has at least <laughs> another decade straight, probably, of making it to the postseason. Very likely. Very, very likely. I mean, is it? I mean, there's just no way to predict him to miss the postseason no, at this but point. Unless no, weird, you know, things injury happen, would right? be things it. happen. But yes, I'm. Is Jerry Rice like Tom Brady in those uh, those career stats where, like, he is so far apart well, that yes, nobody because, will ever catch him in the postseason? Well, yeah, because we were talking about this. Uh, I think it was last week we were talking about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We were saying, you know, do you want DeAndre Hopkins? He's kind of right. getting up there near 30. And we were talking about some of the guys, receivers, who played late. Into the th- Jerry Rice was putting up, like, 1,400 yards when he was 37 and 38 <laughs> years old. So there's only one. He was putting up. All pro numbers in his late 30s. There was no real, there was no real, real career drop off until he got to those. Uh, and that's why he's Raiders Jerry Rice. And that's why he's Jerry Rice. And he's still putting up 900 yards. He's the single greatest receiver yeah, of all yeah, time. He's yeah, he's Jerry Rice. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Kelsey just needs three touchdowns to be second all time in career postseason receiving, receiving touchdowns? touchdowns. Yeah, it would be hard to it would hard to imagine the Chiefs going and winning a Super Bowl without him hitting that mark, right? You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, it's kind of weird though because. He was on such a torrential pace to start the year, and then the touchdowns sort of dropped off at the end of the season. The offense didn't. Well, McKinnon's got nine receiving touchdowns. You <laughs> so should, it's, it's, yeah. it's gone to him. You should give us the list of all-time brother duos in the Hall of Fame because they're both going. Oh, yes, 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 yes. How many that's, pairs that's of siblings are in the Hall of Fame? Well, Peyton and Eli will be. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be another. I mean, there's some probably people are like, you idiots, but I can't think of uh, – <laughs> Can't think of another team. Did, t- did Lynn Swan? Jerry's famous brother, Steve Rice. <laughs> yeah, and Lynn, Lynn Swan had a brother named Levi. Levi Swan. <laughs> Levi Swan. Yeah. He played in the ten, in the aught tens or something. Leather helmet. How about the, are both the Barbers in? Oh, Tiki and Ron, not both, I don't believe. No, right? I don't think either one are in. That was worth a shot at. You're just naming brothers, period, now. The McCordy just, yeah. twins. <laughs> well, they're not in. Well, the Watt brothers, I guess, will probably be in. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a little early on TJ, but it looks good. It looks good. (laughs) I don't think Derek Watt has a chance. That's the other. I mean, that's probably it. That's probably it right now. But we'll we'll see. I'm sure there's there's somebody thinking of a couple right now that'll text in in in, in a little bit. And we're going to look stupid. Yeah. The Sharps, (coughs) Shannon and Sterling. Somebody on the text line brought that one up. There you go. Are they both in? Sterling's not in, right? Sterling's not in the Hall of Fame, right? Wait, but Sterling, didn't he have, like, an insane stretch there? I think, like, a million Matthews are in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think any of them are brothers. They're all just, like, uncles and dads and stuff. Like, no no brothers. It's just, like, the entire Matthews Sh- family. Yes, yeah, Sterling Sharp is not in the Hall of Fame. I was like, Sterling Sharp? Those are Nick's notable notes, by the way. And if you've uh, been listening, we've been telling you, your first chance right now to win that playoff prize pack from our friends over at Rally House, just be the fifth caller to 913 913- Five eight six seven six ten. Another chance coming up a little bit later on in the show, and we'll be out at Rally House on Friday from ten to two. And the one o'clock hour, Michael Massey and MJ Melinda is going to co-host the show with us at the Oak Park Rally House location. But up next, it's the Chiefs Red Half Hour, and something we've said over and over about the Chiefs and what they have to have. Well, they have it. Is it good enough? Next. Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by GAN Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, GAN Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. 
Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Coming up in one hour, Josh Klingler, Chief Sideline Reporter, going to join us, get his thoughts uh, on this weekend, of course, but also some of the conversations we've been having throughout the entire week, including this one, which is what we've always said seemingly about the Chiefs uh, over the last three or four years is like, all right, we know the offense is going to be taken care of, but can the defense just be average? And, well, that's what they've been. Now, they're also number two in sacks, but they're a league average defense. And do we still feel that that's the case? Like, And I, I think the answer is like, yes. Like, that seems pretty clearly what they are, right? A league average defense? Yeah, they, certainly the worst red zone touchdown defense in football, but they're much better in other areas. Well, it's like they're better than sacks, which is how you end up league average. I Do you feel the same? I, you know what I think the hesitation is for people? The reason why they won't want to take this this argument and say that it's fair because we have said for five years, give Patrick Mahomes a league average defense. Yep. He'll win the Super Bowl every, every year is the way we used to put it. Every year they have a league average defense to win the Super Bowl. And actually, to a weird point, the statistics have bore that out. The Chiefs, in the five years Patrick Mahomes has been the starter, have had two defenses that have rated in the top 10 in points per game. Those two years, they went to the Super Bowl. And one of those years, they won it, obviously. And we understand why they lost the Super Bowl for a variety of reasons. They got there, but I think the reason why people will do it is I really think deep down in people's brains, they still don't want to fully believe in the Chiefs offense because of the collection of people around Patrick Mahomes. The reason why you want to be like, oh, I don't know that I would put it on the defense just if they won this game is because deep in the depths of your brain, whether you, people want to admit it or not, the lack of like Tyreek Hill makes him be like, I mean, I know the offense is number one in every statistical way. Third down, red zone scoring offense, efficiency per play, scoring in general, first downs, yard per play. It's just the notion of, but it's Juju, MVS, Tony. It's like, I think people still have a little bit of that. Like if it were, they scored all these points, but it was the Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd offense, you'd feel different. If all the statistics were the same, but the players well, were different, ball around, people yeah. would feel different. The Chiefs spread the ball around. But I, I still think whenever Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback on offense and whenever you have Travis Kelsey, a future Hall of Famer, at tight end, uh, the defense is always going to get crapped on more than the off. I mean, just it's like no matter. I mean, the, the, the defense could be the ninth-ranked defense, Cody, and the defense will always get the blame. I mean, this is just when you have yeah. the best quarterback in football, the defense is always going to get blamed before the offense, whether it's fair or not in a, a certain instance. Like, that's just... I don't think that's like ever changing. Like most people are always going to look and blame something on the defense way before they'll ever blame the offense. Well, because Patrick Mahomes is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, so it's exactly. easy. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. my point. Is like, yeah. I mean, if we get to this week, I don't think it'll be hopefully worry about this week. Let's say it's an AFC title game if Kansas City handles business this weekend and they're playing Buffalo or they're playing Cincinnati, and if the Chiefs aren't able to beat one of those teams, um, most of the scenarios, yeah, still involve the defense being the problem. And I'm not saying that way we, more likely way it is way it is way more likely. Yeah. But I also think, you know, this, this layout that we've put out there for the last couple of years of like, just give him a league average defense and he'll win a, he'll win a super bowl. I also think if the chiefs were to have multiple turnovers in a game, in the AFC title game, there would be people that would still say, well, the defense is not good enough. And I'm just telling you that I don't think the defense has to be a top 10 defense in order for this team to win a super bowl. And that means, yes, 
you and I, I mean, tell me, technically you're telling me you don't believe it either because we've all picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl and we did a revised one last week and we know they're league average right now. So and like, I still picked so them. We, I so still we, believe it. Yeah, I mean. I actually yeah. still believe it to be true, but it will shake my confidence in that yeah. notion if they don't this year. Right. Because I agree with you. All I've ever asked is, because I feel the same way. It's like, I don't know, man. If you give Patrick Mahomes a defense that just won't screw it up, I don't know why they won't win the Super Bowl every year because the times in which they've come up short, and I know last year's game, the reason they came up short was because Patrick Mahomes had the worst game of the worst half of his NFL career, but the defense just couldn't get a stop when they needed it to. When they run into problems over the last couple of years, more often, 80%, 90% of the time, it's because they're not getting pressure or they're not, you know, not letting up too many big plays to Jamar chase, letting up too many big plays to Gabe Davis, whatever it is, we've seen when their problems exist, they exist on the defensive end. And I like going forward. I don't think like, I don't, I don't ever think that it's impossible to build a top five defense, mostly because there are at least two quarterbacks who are highly paid in this, yeah. this postseason who have top five defenses and their quarterbacks are already paid, including Josh Allen. And I don't know that Cincinnati's going to be able to maintain. Cincinnati's obviously going to have to. They're going to be at a fork on the road here pretty soon because they're going to have a bunch of players to pay or decide to move on from some guys like T. Higgins and let them enter the free agency pool and do it differently. But it's at least like this is another reason why I feel great about Kansas City going forward is some of those teams will hit a fork in the road. Kansas City already hit their fork in the road, and they went left. They, they chose the non-Tyreek Hill path. It has led them to the number one overall offense still. And the, I mean, almost borderline analytically, they are like, perfectly average like just right the Goldilocks if you will of league defenses and when you look across right now where everyone else is you know how many top like here's the thing the defense part should matter like the league average thing should be enough because what really matters here is look at the points per game on offense and look at the teams that are remaining because all those teams are top scoring offenses the teams remaining are top scoring offenses they're not all top scoring defenses there's one thing that we know is going to be static no matter what with the Chiefs. That's why it feels like league average defense should be enough. What are the what, what's the because the, the Bills are top five right right now in what points per game points per game defense Chiefs are oh defense yeah they're top five and they're Cincinnati's well, top six. That's what I was going to ask about Cincinnati and the, that's the one thing even about Cincinnati I think Philadelphia's top probably five. the most unreal un, un, untalked about part about Cincinnati. This is why I do think Cincinnati is the best team in the AFC even if there's a decent chance they have to lose you know they're going to lose by having to go to Buffalo. I still think. Uh, and now I'm seeing finally more national people discuss it. Like the whole neutral site divisional round game not happening makes zero sense. The NFL said, we'll, I still think it makes perfect the, sense. The, the NFL later. said, we'll take care of you guys in the wild card round. We'll take care of Buffalo in the neutral site championship game. But Cincinnati, sorry, you're going to have to go play neutral site. I still think that's absolutely ridiculous. With that said, uh, Cincinnati, uh, their defense doesn't get talked about enough. And, you know, Kansas City, I think most people still look at the Chiefs defense and look at and say, okay, that's that defense isn't any good. Hopefully that's something that uh, Chris Jones and company can uh, use to their advantage. I think the key for also how we view this defense, okay, they're league average, but does their best player who had a career year in sacks, Chris Jones, does he have a big postseason? Like that's, there, there's your also other, uh, I, I think, caveat to this conversation about, you know, can you win it with a league average defense, Cody? You can if your best player and the best defensive lineman in football right now goes and plays like that and you see it show up in the stat sheet as well. And they haven't had playoff Chris Jones yet. Yet in his, we haven't seen playoff Chris Jones. Yeah. Uh, is this the year? Ever. If it is, if it does show up, they're gonna they are going to the Super Bowl. 
If, Where they do you get, think- if they get what he's done for the entire regular season for a two-game stretch until the Super Bowl, then, yeah, then they're heading there. Of the eight remaining postseason teams, Nick, I'll ask you this, too. Where do you think the Chiefs rank in points per game on defense? Of the eight remaining postseason teams, how do they stack well, up phrased, against the You phrased rest? it like that, so I'm guessing like seventh or eighth. Seventh, yeah. correct. <laughs> the only team worse, the New York Giants, who rank two spots below them at 18th. Chiefs are currently at 17th. So they they sit or sixteenth. They sit two spots above them. Everyone else, yeah, is in the top eight except for Jacksonville, who's twelfth. Like by the way, Jacksonville is the only team who ranks anywhere near the Chiefs in red zone scoring defense too. If you're just curious, that's why they're further down that list. But I mean, it's it's hard right now because the Chiefs, the system that we've talked about setting up works does work, but at the same time, almost every other team in the postseason field is also following that model. They just don't have the number one defense or offense in the NFL. The Bills are top five in both. Cincinnati's top six in both. Philadelphia's top six or eight in both offense and defensive categories. Everyone else seems to have established. And look, I'm not surprised now, to find you, out. You take, if I told you the Chiefs offense. But I'll take number one in 15 because of that's, Mahomes. That's what I'm asking. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like if, if I told you, oh, well, the Chiefs offense actually is the sixth best, but their defense is 10th. Nope, I exactly. will take based exactly. on based on who the Chiefs are yep. and who they've been and the fact that Patrick Mahomes exists. No, I will actually take the opposite. I'd rather truly be no, great at you. one thing than yeah. very good at both. Or, you know, like I'd rather be the best at one thing than great at both. Mm-hmm. Just as long as that other one is not a complete hindrance, which is essentially the whole point of that argument from the beginning. I, I won't take first and 32nd gold. If that's the case, I'll take <laughs> fifth right. and fifth, right? Sure. But if it's 1st and 15th, 16th in this case, then I can live. The Chiefs opponent on Saturday, uh, the Jags, we saw it even play out on week 10, so this shouldn't surprise anybody. But, like, Doug Peterson was asked about the Chiefs earlier this week and said, quote, playing an explosive offense, you better score touchdowns. That goes without saying because you know they're going to score. That's exactly what he tried to do in week 10. So, of course, I expect him He's to do that. He's showing you your hand. I mean, he, the guy went for uh, an onside kick and caught everybody off guard early on in that football game to steal a possession like that, that, that right there, that's the type of aggressiveness you're going to see again. They ha- I mean, they, they know what they're up against. They have to find a way to steal possessions from Kansas city. I'm not saying guaranteeing they're going to go for an onside kick. On no, the I think that. they're going to do like, stuff gonna, like that. You got to be ready for the fake punt. Oh, you have to be ready for the fake, fake punt, punt flea flickers, double pass, double reverse, whatever. It doesn't matter. I and going for every fourth down. I think the Chiefs should probably assume that if it's anything on the other side of the fifty and inside of five yards to convert, convert it on fourth, that they have to be prepared to play four down defense. They need to prepare the defense like they're going to be that way because Doug Peterson assumes probably Andy knows that, but he's showing his cards. He's not afraid to because he knows that in this case, but he's showing him his cards. He's telling you right there that in order to beat the Chiefs, he knows because as much as Brandon Staley last year had become the golden boy of go for it analytics group. Doug Peterson is actually that guy. He goes for it and is more aggressive than just about any other coach in the NFL. And he knows in order to beat the chiefs that he's going to have to take that up one tick. The difference is I don't think Kansas city's had to play that way as much this year, because as much as we said last year, teams were doing that against the chiefs. I think they reined it in this year and they decided like, uh, they got scared. Because we saw Staley not go for it as much. We saw less. We saw it in the Bills and Bengals game that they won. Teams were less aggressive, in my opinion, against Kansas City this year in the regular season than the year before, except Jacksonville. Jacksonville was the single most aggressive team against Kansas City all year. They did 
anything. They took chances. I think they might blitz goal. Some of that, even though, the simple stuff. Some of that because I think they they were less aggressive as as an entire league against the Chiefs. But how much is that also? To, you know, the Chiefs played the Chargers twice, as, as we all know, every year. And last year, Brandon Staley went for it seemed like every fourth down, right? This year, he reined it in just against everybody. So how much did it just not feel like that's two games where it felt like you had a team twice this year that just wasn't as aggressive. So I wonder if it's just across the across the board. We just saw, uh, you know, some some of the the playoff type teams not because they have more trust in their offense. I think if you, uh, you know, a three and seven Jags team at the time, you felt like or two. I guess they were two and six at the time. You felt like you had to be aggressive. If you're Buffalo and Cincinnati, maybe you don't feel you have to do that quite as much because we just mentioned how good their defenses are and how good of the talent discrepancy between the chiefs and Cincinnati is not there. The talent discrepancy between the chiefs and bills is not there. But if you're the chiefs versus the Jags, the talent discrepancy is still so great. Maybe because they're not selling out to win the way they used to against the chiefs. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's because I feel like every game in the AFC feels like kind of a coin flip, right? Bills, Bengals, chiefs. If they were to face Buffalo or Cincinnati in the AFC title game, if they get past there, will feel similarly it does kind of start to feel that way. I understand that notion, but it's it's it also feels like you better. You should. Like you should you should play that way against Kansas City. And I like he's not even afraid to openly admit that comment is openly admitting it to me. It's saying, like, look, I'm gonna be aggressive. I I don't have a you know I don't have a choice. Like what you're saying, Gold, like what choice does he have? When you are the inferior team, you don't have much of a choice. And yet I've seen people be plenty conservative against Kansas City this year. Partially because I think they make mistakes. So you're like, ah, I won't take my chances now. They'll screw up. They'll screw up and we'll take advantage of that instead. That's where I feel like maybe some of the less aggressiveness has come from. Waiting for Kansas City to make their own mistake rather than try to force them into one. I think we found the formula. If you want to be a, a playoff quarterback and make it to the divisional round, there's only one thing you have to do, Nick, for your future kids. Uh, everybody's future kids. Is Remember, pretty- I hope Nick never has kids based on his that's, comments yesterday. That's true. He did question your parenting. I didn't question his parenting. He actually openly said I was just a bad parent. No. I, I said these we, are the qualities that would make a bad parent. Do any of these apply to you? So real quick, I'll, I, we can get to that dilemma again. But real quick, it's because Eli Manning, uh, he pointed out, all eight starting quarterbacks this weekend were counselors at the Manning, Manning Passing Academy. So it's that simple. Just be a counselor. Be a good enough quarterback to, to be, be a counselor, counselor at, at the Manning, at the Manning Passing Academy, and you're going to be in the playoffs. We can guarantee wow. that. But like Cody said, you kind of have to be good enough you know, to be there. But just be a counselor at a camp. Yeah, but don't being you know, good enough to be a counselor at the camp, that's probably just a prerequisite for even having uh-huh. a shot in the Correct. NFL. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you, if you, I mean, Brock a, Purdy was Mister Irrelevant. That's and even it, man. He was a camp, a camp Hell yeah, counselor. he was. If you had to coach a skill position in the NFL, which one do you think you'd be the best at? Or not just skill position, oh. like offensive line, linebacker, wide receiver. They're forcing you to coach a position group. Which one would you do the best at? Special teams, not quarterback. It's obviously special. Not. no. I would. I think it is special, quarterback. Special. No, stop. What? I can't. I couldn't stop. tell you. I know what a quarterback's trying to do. Uh, 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 I don't even know what. A, I don't even know what a, uh, a left tackle's trying to do. Special you, teams. You I gotta you teach, can't te- teach about hand placements. Yeah, I can't do technique in the trenches. I don't know what a line. I can't uh, coverage. Anything on defense is out. Anything on defense is out. Um, I don't know enough about route trees. Or gaps. It's that quarterbacks <laughs> are so widely what about talked back? about. You can probably teach running back. Come on, running back. Because uh, you get pass protection. Pass, pass protection. Pass protection's key there too, Cody. No, I'm a, no quarterback for sure. Quarterback. No, I mean, okay. let me get this straight. Let me let me make you it perfectly told, clear. You just told us you don't understand coverage at all. Listen, the quarterback also yeah. has to know pass protection. You guys, yeah. you guys won't let me explain. Maybe more. I'm I'm willing to admit that the quarterback that I was coaching 
would be the worst quarterback of all time <laughs> in the history of the NFL. He would make Nathan Peterman look like a Hall of Famer. With that being said, that, that applies to every position that I could possibly. I think it's, coach. I think it's wide receivers. No, you know all what? I got to do like special learn- teams. Gunner, do they have a coach just for that? I don't think so. They do have a special teams coach. I'm aware. So <laughs> that you can do that job. I think I would choose. I think I would choose wide receiver. If I could learn all the routes, like if I studied all the routes, would that be enough? Well, okay. They can well, worry about their hands. That, then, okay, if we're going to do that, then give me a year and a half to study quarterback play. That feels like it'd be harder than studying routes. I don't know. Feels man. like there's less to learn at wide no, receiver. No, because if you're starting with a really good quarterback, then boom, they don't even need me. I just kind of sit in the back and nod my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks good. Yeah. What do you think Patrick Mahomes' final stat line would be if you were forced to be his quarterback coach the entire year? And, and we just wouldn't talk. We just wouldn't talk. <laughs> After one meeting with me, he'd say, okay, I'm not meeting with that guy again. You'd get better at it as the job. As yeah, the, they they would ice me out. It would just be him and the offensive coordinator and the head coach, and then I wouldn't even be allowed in the meetings. No, for, for the purposes of this hypothetical. I'd see him walking down the hall like, oh, are we meeting, guys? And then Mahomes is like, no, 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 we're good. For the purposes of this, they have to, they have to try at least five things you suggest. You know? Okay. <laughs> Okay. practice. They have All to right. try some of the things you're yeah. trying to bring up. I'm, all I'm doing is call, I'm dialing up button uh, hooks on every play. From the I'm going to say, hey, let's run the button hook here, guys. From the 913, <laughs> after, seeing Nick on More TV, slants. after seeing Nick on TV, he looks like he would be a good film coach. I don't know what that means. You just break down film for the team. Well, isn't that kind of what coaches do already? But they, they don't think you'd be a good hands-on coach, I think is what they're saying. They think you would need to be more... Yeah, I don't think I'd be good at doing the film part either. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I hate to break it to you. I think I'd be equally bad at both of them. Like, yeah, you're right. I would not be good. Like, okay, no. But I don't think Matt Nagy's doing that either. I don't think Matt Nagy's out there on the field saying, hey, Mahomes, do it like this, Pat. Come on. Like, setting back and just rifling a four-yard out route. Like, no. Mm. They're all doing film work. <laughs> and yes. I would be bad at it. <laughs> yeah. How are your leadership skills? Now, that I think that's the thing. If you just if all I have to do is give like motivational speeches, I think I'll be okay at that. That'd be just the weirdest job ever. You don't help. No. You don't help in any no, way. No, 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 no. Your job is just to stand in front of the team and be like, and fired we, up. Can, "We can do this." <laughs> Get yeah. them fired up, guys. Awesome. It's you gotta believe in yourself and believe in each other. Just a lot of that stuff. Also, as we know, the, I cry every speech too. The potential for a neutral site game in Atlanta if the Chiefs win and the Bills win. And today, for season ticket members, some of the, the tickets obviously went on sale earlier today. I saw some people texting in, and I was texting with a few people uh, this morning as well, that uh, I don't know if it's just the season ticket holder allotment or the entire game, but the season ticket holder allotment uh, is already sold out based off of people trying to buy tickets. So uh, we'll see. There's supposed to be that pre-sale later in the week. but So I don't know how many tickets they allotted for Bills fans that are season ticket holders versus – Chiefs fans that are season ticket holders. So there's a chance the game's already sold out or it's just the season ticket holder alignment. I'm not sure which one it is, but either way, I guess basically a lot of the season ticket holders couldn't even get tickets this morning. That means scalpers, of course, got in there somehow. So anyway, typical ticket master crap, sounds like. Cool. That's the worst. It just feels like why not give them the opportunity to do it? But we all know that people have built these algorithms to like buy up literally anything. Shoes. This kind of thing, PS5s, doesn't really matter. If there is an online ticket selling or item selling opportunity, somebody... Ticketmaster sucks anyway, man. Ticketmaster is terrible. We all know the Taylor Swift concert thing that happened. Ticketmaster sucks. Look at this. Gold's just going to take down an an, an American institution on the show today. I'm not alone in this. Ticketmaster sucks. This is a well-documented opinion. It's not like some unique take here. Ticketmaster does. Their their, uh, bigger event service fee stuff is ludicrous. 
Sometimes it's more expensive than the actual ticket. But if you remember, somebody tried it. Was it the God? Who was it now? It was a group in the '90s who tried to like fight back against it. It didn't work. They got they got iced out of like an entire concert venue system because they tried to go against this current system. They have a monopoly, Gold. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just gonna have to go through Ticketmaster. Did you get tickets? No, I'm not going to Atlanta. You were talking about maybe getting on there it and see cons- what was available. Was you were considering it. It was you may or may not have booked a flight in consideration yeah, of going f- to Atlanta. I had flight credit. That's an easy just hit the cancel button, get my points back, and save it for another day. They don't expire. That's that's why I just booked it just in case. Just in case. The off chance you were considering it? Just in case Nick got us that private jet that he took for a, a KU basketball game years ago and we could fly down to Atlanta. Just in case. Could you just save that for Arizona, Nick? Maybe we could take it to Arizona if the Chiefs get there. probably would have to stop eight times with that small plane that he had. Why? Well, I didn't hear the first part. I uh, said, well, if that, that, if the Chiefs get to Arizona, could we fly in your private plane down there? The one you flew in. I actually I think it's spoken for that weekend. Oh. I could see if the other plane is available. Please do. The other plane? Well, yeah, or the third one. Oh, well. Must be nice. How the other half lives, right, Cold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick Schwert. How's poverty feel, guys? Coming up you guys don't have a private plane. <laughs> we'll get to what's Idiots. trending and what occurred last night in Manhattan. It's really what occurred after the game that I think is really interesting as well. Next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.